0: one of the reasons they don't go is because all they want is your money. That's their excuse. And I can't blame them because that's what a lot of people have been guilty of. Raising a lot of money. There have been a lot of jokes. One of my favorites is, you know, when when this guy called up to the church office and the secretary answered and he said, lady, I want to talk to the the head hog at the trough. And she said, well, that's kind of disrespectful. You mean you want to talk to our pastor? He says, yes, the head hog at the trough, I want to talk to him. And she's just that close to laying in to him and telling him what for. And she's just about ready to rear back and give it to him. And, and she says, and, and what is your business with the pastor? He says, "I want to give the church ten thousand dollars." She said, "I'll see what Porky's doing. I'll get him right on the phone. <laughs> I'll get old Porky on the phone right away." But I'm going to tell you something. God showed me something that's totally different. And just just so you know, um, one of the things that we do with with money here, we pay the light bills. We a lot of the money has been spent on keeping this old building up and running, and and the, the new gym refurbished, and and um, we do, um, we give to missionaries, Steve Cody's a local evangelist, we give to a great rodeo ministry that uh, is it's called Rockin' W Rodeo Ministry, where they they uh, cook for the cowboys, and they, they take care of them at the rodeos, and it's a one-on-one deal, not a lot of preaching, but a whole lot of loving, and some of the top rodeo contestants in the world consider Ted and Linda Weesey, their spiritual mom and dad. And We support that ministry. And um, we, we have guest speakers. We're going to have more guest speakers. And as I talk about guest speakers, I am going to be here next week. But Mark Schell is a man that I have listened to hundreds of hours of his teaching. A guy that has opened up a whole new understanding of the kingdom of God for me in the last year. And Clark and Cindy have known him for a long time. And, and I, have, I, I have just grown more listening to him than, than anybody I've ever listened to. And he's from the area. He's from the Tulsa area. And so we're going to get him. We're, we're probably going to bring him in once a month. And uh, he's a great musician. He's going to sing. And, uh, but anyway, next week he's going to be here on Monday night, not because I'm gone because I want you to hear what he has to say. It's changed, changed my whole outlook, my whole life. But We have Trey Johnsons, and we have R.W. Hampton, we're gonna we're going to have more people like that throughout the year, and we spend a lot of money to get them. They don't come for free. But we get them to attract people, and it happens every time, that wouldn't come hear me or come hear a preacher. They wouldn't maybe go to church, but that's who we are, and that's what we do. And that's where a lot of our money goes. A lot of it goes to the chuck wagon. We, we buy a lot of food around here. We buy a lot of food because we think that's, that's a great way to feed people spiritually is to feed them physically without saying a word. Because as we all know, like the sign says at the back, sometimes the greatest sermons are the ones without words. All right? So that's just some of the stuff we do. And we've got a whole list of the breakdown on, on what we do and how we... Spend their money, and, and the thing about it is, with me, this is not how I make my living. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest with you. Um, get my insurance, the, the church pays my insurance, and I get a little stipend, but the, the stipend, we usually tithe back more than what the stipend is. I mean, so it's, um, it's kind of a wash, we usually, and then some, what that stipend is. And so this is a labor of love. This is what I'm called to do. Um, I'm not here for the money. But I will tell you I'm here to teach you about grace. I'm here to teach you about what, how money and grace is tied together. And over the last few weeks we've been going down this road, we've been talking about grace. We've been talking about understanding our righteousness for years. And here lately, God's showed me, why why do we keep talking about that we're righteous, that Jesus took all of our punishment and gave us all of his righteousness? Because 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The understanding of we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus is a revelation that's going to continue to grow in us if we'll just grab a hold of it and believe by faith that it's real. We didn't deserve it, but he gave it to us. And so we've been learning deep about our our righteousness, and then we were talking about our identity. Who are we really? Our real identity comes from understanding how much he loves me. That's who we really are. It comes from God's love. Our true identity is based on faith, faith and knowing who we are. We've got the Spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. I'm not, I'm not Justin. I'm not the guy you see. Kelly had the perfect illustration here tonight. I'm the Spirit of God. I am a spirit. Remember? We live in a body. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and emotions, This is who we are. We are a spirit. That is our true identity. And identifying which one of those three guys is talking in our head is the key to life. Who's talking to me right now? Is it my body? Is it my emotions? Or is it the spirit of God? And the more we recognize the spirit of God, the more we hear his voice, the more we realize that's who I am. I'm righteous. God loves me. I'm worthy. God loves me. I'm perfect. God loves me, I'm forgiven, He loves me. I'm righteous whether I show up here every time. I'm righteous whether I come here once a year. I am the righteousness of God. That is our true identity. You see, the real transformation comes from understanding this. Guilt blinds our faith. Condemnation, thinking we're not worthy, thinking we're not good enough, Blinds our faith, and I'm telling you, faith is everything. Believing what we can't see, that he gave me that righteousness, is everything. Righteousness puts you on the level of Christ, and some of you go, what? Understanding my righteousness puts me on the level of Christ? Yes, because God wants us to function as Christ. The greatest tool the enemy ever came up with was condemnation, us thinking we're not worthy, us thinking we're not good enough. When we understand we're forgiven, we're righteous. I have the same identity as Christ. That's how he wants me to act. That's how he wants me to believe. That's how he wants me to talk with the confidence of God in me, no matter what. And I don't care what you think of me. I have plenty of opportunities to put that to a test. Even today, 30 minutes before I came in here, I had some really bad news. Nothing serious, nothing serious in terms of my my family or, well, I guess actually Cassidy is sick. That's pretty serious. That was one thing. Then a business thing. But you know what? It ain't Justin McKee the rancher. That ain't who I am. I'm Justin McKee, God's son. He's going to take care of it. It's going to be all right. He's going to get me through the situation. That's the attitude of Christ. So here we are. So where does this money come in here? All right. Grace. Remember, we've been talking about grace. We don't deserve our righteousness, but he gave it to us. That's, That's what grace is. Money and grace. We were taught that tithing was mandatory. Those of us that grew up in church, we were taught that tithing was mandatory. You got to give 10%. And a lot of us were taught, if you don't give, if you don't give your 10%, God's going to get you. Bad things are going to happen, telling you, if you forget to tithe. Your car probably going to break down. You're going to get sick. You've got to stay in God's graces right there. That's messed up. That's messed up. That's not God's graces right there. That's God's performance requirements right there. There's no grace when there is a command to give 10%. Where's God's love in that? You've got to do this or I'm going to get you. That doesn't exist. Where's grace? The only thing that exists in what I've been talking about is bondage and fear. Bondage and fear. Now, don't get me wrong. Tithing is powerful. Giving money to God's work is powerful. But here's what I want you to know. God don't need your money. I don't need your money. God don't need your money. He don't need, God don't need your tips. He don't need, this ain't a tip jar. God don't need your tip. God don't need your money. All right? Remember that. Now, we'll put it to good use, and we'll glorify him, and people are going to hear him that wouldn't have if we didn't have the funds to do it. He does good things, but hear me out. If we understand, fill this in, if we understand grace, then we can understand grace tithing and if we can understand grace we can understand truth not in performing not in doing a bunch of right things hoping that he takes me into heaven one of these days not not giving because I'm required to but I'm going to tell you what it's not about fear it's about freedom it's about hearing God's voice and there's freedom now here's what I want you to do turn to Luke 16 Luke 16, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All right. So here's where we're going to learn about what tithing's all about, the real meaning of it. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little. Some of your Bibles say, whoever can be trusted with the least. What does the least mean? He's talking about money. So whoever can be trusted with very little, the littlest thing, money, can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little, whoever is dishonest with money, will also be dishonest with much. All right? We can all agree with that. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who's going to trust you with true riches? So if you can't trust God enough for your money, how can you trust God for healing? If you can't trust God with your money, how can you trust God to get your kids back together instead of fighting with you all the time? And if you, verse 12 says, and if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, Who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. We're talking about the least. Money is the least important to God. All right? Money is the least important to God. But it's the most important to us. Why do we tithe? A lot of us think we tithe to prove to God, I trust you, God, I'm giving money, I trust you. God knows whether you trust him or not. You're not proving anything by giving him money. The real reason we give money to advance the kingdom of God is for ourselves. Because it is the most valuable possession that we have And if we can give that, then we can give anything. If we can give our money, we can trust God. Now, if we can't trust God with it, then don't give it. Do not give it to anybody. Keep it if you can't trust Him. If we can't trust God, to lift 10 pounds and we don't need him to ask we don't need to ask him to lift 100 pounds you see what i'm saying maybe not all right let me tell you a story um as most of you know i've been we've got one daughter and i've been trying like crazy to stay at home and get off the road and 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 ranch more and travel less and and then uh, about the time we got rolling and doing that, the old cattle market took a big old dive and, you know, and even when the cattle market's good, when you're trying to make a living on cattle, it's tough. You have scary things happen. And we've been kind of, we've been riding the roller coaster of the market and this and that and good things and bad things and things were going pretty good. I'm reading the Word, and I've got some faith. And I'm driving one day, and Melissa Hildebrand calls me on the phone. She said, I've been praying, and God's put you on my heart, and I've been praying for you specifically, and God has told me to tell you you're a control freak. I said, I know that. She said, no, you're a real control freak. You're not letting go. You're not letting something go to God. You're, you're, you're hanging on to something, and you need to let that go and realize you're a control freak even with God. You need to let that go. And I'm like, okay, Missy, thanks for calling. And I hung up going, whatever. She's, before I hung up, she said, you promise me that you'll get Jeannie and you will get together, and you'll pray and ask God to reveal this to you. Okay, I'll do it. I said, Jeannie, we're supposed to pray, you know. So I, I sat down there at the table, and we held hands, and we started praying. I said, Lord, I don't know what Melissa's talking about, but she feels strongly that I've got a, a, a control problem and with you and, and this and that, and I just want to bring it out and get it over with, fix it, whatever, and then it hit me. It hit me. All the weight in the world hit me, and I knew what it was now there's been two experiences that i 've had with God where he came on he came on me with more power than I ever imagined even possible and this was the second time, and he came on me and i i i I knew exactly what it was, and I was like, Oh my god i don 't trust you with my finances i 've been trying to figure everything I, out on my own and and i worry about this and that instead of trusting you and then i you know most of the time i don't even have to worry about it i mean it all takes care of itself all of our problems oh my gosh what is going on and i don't like admitting this tears started just running out i felt i felt so bad because i knew what it was oh my god i said i don't trust you with my finances we weren't in dire strait or even in a, in, a, in a bind right then, but until I realized what it was. Oh, my God, my Father, I don't trust you. That's it. She was right. She, she heard exactly from God. And until I prayed, I didn't realize, I don't trust you. Okay, I see it clearly. I'm done with that. From this day forward, I trust you. And I'm going to tell you what, there was a 500-pound gorilla got off of my shoulders that moment, and he ain't been back on. This was in July. This was real. You see, the money thing ain't about the church. It ain't about God needing the money. It's about you trusting yourself. It's about you you don't got to prove anything to God. It's you proving to you, I trust God so much, I'm going to give whatever he says to give. I'm not saying you got to give. I'm not saying you got to give 10%. I'm saying trust God. Trust God. Plain and simple. The money thing is a trust thing. Money and grace. If you believe in grace, then you have a supernatural faith to believe what you can't see, which is, I am good enough. I am a son. And if I'm a son, I'm an heir to the kingdom of God, which means I have peace. And guess what comes with peace? You know what follows peace? If you've got, if you understand grace, what comes after peace is clarity. Write that down if you don't already know it. Understanding who you are, understanding grace will give you peace. And if you have that true understanding, you will have clarity. And if you have clarity, let me tell you what comes next, wisdom. If you trust God with your family, with your car, with your money, with whatever, if you just trust God with it, you'll get peace, you'll get clarity, and you'll get wisdom. Wisdom. The prosperity teachers, it says, if you give, you'll get. Yeah, I'm not all there. If you get, they tell you, if you'll give $1,000, God will repay it sevenfold. I don't know about that. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If you trust God enough with your money, you'll get peace with yourself because you've trusted yourself. And if you get peace, you'll get clarity. And if you get clarity, you'll get wisdom. And what comes with wisdom? Making good decisions. I'm telling you what, my decision-making process, because of the peace and the clarity and the wisdom, on a supernatural level and not my own manipulated level, has been off the charts. I've had more ideas and more exciting things in my mind that's going to happen in the future than in my whole life lifetime put together here in the last few weeks months since I realized I didn't trust God if I can't trust God I can't trust myself we got to trust ourselves fill in the blank here it's never really been about the money it's always been about trust money is proof of our trust the truth is money can't buy everything Money, can't, money, money can buy you a house, but it can't buy you a home. What do you want? Money will buy you medicine, but it won't buy you healing. How do we get healing? We can waste a lot of oil on you up here, anointing you with oil. But I'm going to tell you what. Healing comes by understanding who you are through his righteousness Getting some peace and some clarity and some wisdom. That's where you're going to get your healing. He's going to tell you where to go and how to get it. That trust in him is going to heal your body. It's called faith. Money can buy you an associate, but it can't buy you true friendship. Money's way overrated. You know... um, Mark Eaton was writing in the Rodeo News, he, he, he asked the question, if you could go across country in a luxury car with a credit card to eat in the finest restaurants and stay at the finest hotels, but you had to go with somebody you couldn't stand, would you go or would you go on the trip where you're in a 1964 pickup with sketchy tires and uh, uh, iffy transmission and, and just barely enough money to stop at McDonald's and you had to stay at Motel 6's, but you got to go with somebody that was your best friend. Which would you go on? Would you go on the money one with somebody you couldn't stand or would you go on the sketchy one in the old truck with somebody you loved being around? There's no question. No question. Second Corinthians 9 Uh, We'll wrap it up here, and we're going to tie it all together with a really pretty bow. If I can find 2 Corinthians 9. And I bet I do, because I have faith. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You know what I did this week? I encouraged another pastor, gave him some business ideas, and by the time I got home, guess what? I had somebody encouraging me, and I had some business ideas. This ain't all about money. That's what I'm trying to tell you here. This ain't all about money. You don't have to have money to, to, to sow a lot of seed, okay? So don't let the money thing stand in your way. Each man should give What he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound in you. The key to life is understanding grace. What he did for us, what he gave us, it says, and God is able to make all grace. You don't have to have money to give. Your time, we can put all the time anybody has here to work doing something. All the time. It don't cost anything. And guess what? God is able to make all grace. I've got all circle, all grace. Oh, look at this. It says also, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So that in all things, he died in my place. My sins were put on him. He went to hell for me. And more, we understand what he did. It wasn't just dying on the cross so we could get to heaven. It was dying on the cross so we wouldn't have to go to hell. It was dying on the cross so we wouldn't have to work our way to heaven and prove to God. It was so many things. You cannot truly understand what Jesus did for you, and not be excited. You can't truly understand your grace and righteousness and not be excited. When you truly understand your grace and righteousness, people are going to be lined up in my door going, i got to give back. I got to give. I got I to gotta give my time. I got to help. Show me where I can serve. I got to give back to people. Look what Jesus did to me. He did all these things. I, got, I understand it now. I got to give back. I got to do something to give because that's who you really are. That's when your spirit man is alive going, that's my purpose. My purpose is not to soak up a sermon and get smart about the Bible. My purpose is, is to give the same love that he gave me by giving me his son and doing all that stuff he did for me so I wouldn't have to. And that's the same spirit that we have. I got to give just like God. God gave everything. When we understand our righteousness, that's when we're going to want to give everything we can all the time. There it is. 1 Corinthians 13 real quick and this is the last one First Corinthians 13 13 three. if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love I gain nothing Terry Hildebrand was up here last week, and he's, he told me something that uh, he's told me before, and I forgot. But anytime you're talking about God, if you just replace God with love, God sp- spoke to me. No, love spoke to me. He loves me so much that he spoke to me. God created this and God, no, love created that. He did it because he loved you so much that he wanted to give you a creation that you could walk and function in. If you replace his name with love, it's interchangeable every time. You see, that's what it boils down to. Kelly was talking about our ego. Our ego wants to, our ego wants to gain success and accomplish but the spirit man on the inside of us is not, what's my next move to succeed and accomplish? The spirit man says, what's my next move to help my neighbor? What's my next move to help somebody else? Because God, who lives on the inside of me, is love. And he tells us to love our neighbor like ourselves. And that's when we're going to get peace and clarity, and wisdom. Let's pray, Lord. I just thank you for your uh, explanation of money and and how it relates to our lives. And Lord, I I pray that we'll uh, continue to build on this wisdom that you've given us, Lord. I thank you that um, we don't have to perform, we don't have to to give to make you proud. And but, Lord, we. I'm so thankful that we hear your voice. And by knowing who we are and knowing we're worthy, we can listen to to you tell us when to move and who to talk to or how much to give or not give. Lord, I pray that right now that we'll we'll search our our hearts and and we'll be sensitive to that voice. Lord, help us to, to, to ask you, Lord, speak to me today speak to me today. Lord, I believe that you're going to speak to me today. You're going to light up my path, and I'm going to see where to go and who to talk to. Lord, help us to believe in in, in supernatural encounters with other people, divine appointments. And Lord, I pray for these divine appointments to come up that we might be able to speak life into other